Hello. Welcome to another episode from So You Think You Can Fanon. Today, we're going to talking about things that people write, as every other episode of everything in this podcast has been about in some capacity, in some way, shape, or form. I am Matt. There are two other Wait. people. We talk about writing on this podcast? I thought we only talked about a bootleg novel. Uh, well, I, I, that's still writing, Not what? I think. Are, are, we, are we tokusatsu reviewers? <sighs> but you I have was... to write for a tokusatsu show. Is today the day that we get to talk all about Kamen Rider O's? Maybe that would be time. a pretty fun episode. Are you done with those now, Michael? Yeah, I finished those for a while. Oh, Did you nice. watch the tenth anniversary movie? Uh, not yet. I you should. I can. I have. I have time to watch it tonight. Well, there's there's a couple of epilogues, aren't there? Well, he he can just go straight into the tenth anniversary movie. The other ones aren't really necessary for like the plot. I don't know. I feel like he needs to suffer through all, all the other ones before he gets to that one. <laughs> he hasn't fucking earned it. Su- suffer through aborted Ankh resurrections over and over again until the, this time it's for real, guys. Ten years. Ten years. Uh, well, what are we actually here to talk about? It's something to do with writing still. Uh, yes, it's it, it is uh, SCP-1730. That's right. The one that we still need to get to. Why don't I open it up? Yeah, go ahead. What is 1730? <clears throat> Special containment procedures for SCP-1730. A circular perimeter has been established two kilometers from the SCP, and a quarantine zone has been established one kilometer from it. Personnel who are to enter the SCP must first undergo Class 7 hazardous contact preparation measures, including the application of a modified Maxwell-hardened hazardous material reinforced airtight suit. The application of these protective measures may only take place at the provisional Site-23 quarantine main gate. Individuals attempting to exit the quarantined area must first submit to thorough decontamination protocols administered by the quarantine security staff. Individuals failing to meet the quarantine extraction parameters are to be held for further decontamination, or in the event decontamination becomes unfeasible, termination. Containment Update Unknown date. Dangerous biological and cognitohazardous entities have resulted in high casualties of security rescue teams. Mobile Task Force Zeta-9 Mole Rats has been assigned to all current exploration efforts. Containment update on a further redacted date. Due to the events detailed in Exploration Log 7, all future exploration of the SCP has been suspended indefinitely, pending overseer approval. Containment update on... 0201-2016. Due to information gathered by Foundation Surveillance Team's exploration and recovery efforts into Site-13 are no longer indefinitely suspended. Details will be available on a need-to-know basis only. Assigned mobile task force units will be alerted by their superior officers. Containment Update 0515-2017. Mobile Task Force's Apollo 13 Game Wardens and Tau-5 Samsara are activated and assigned to exploration of the SCP. 
See Addendum 1730.8 for details. Containment Update 06-22-2017 Due to the events detailed in Addendum 1730.9, SCP-1730 has been reclassified as neutralized. Additional research efforts are ongoing. Debriefing reports will become available as they are declassified. Description SCP-1730 was a large complex of structures 15 kilometers northwest of the U.S.-Mexico border within Big Bend Ranch State Park that was discovered on June 5th, redacted year. Due to the isolated nature of the complex and the low survival rate of individuals who come in contact with it, it is possible that SCP-1730 had been previously discovered, but unreported. SCP-1730 bore identifying markings and contained documents to support the claim that the SCP was, at one point, Foundation Site 13, originally located near Nome, Alaska. This conflicted with extant records, which showed that Site 13 was a project that, while intended to be constructed in Alaska, was scrapped for the larger and more advanced Site 19 and was never completed. Flora located on site was identified as native to the Alaskan region. How the SCP came to be at its location prior to neutralization is completely unknown. SCP-1730 was, upon discovery, in a severe state of disrepair and appeared to have been left abandoned for an extended period of time. The site power generator had continued to operate in a damaged state, despite a number of fuel leaks and fires throughout the facility. This resulted in intermittent power failures throughout the site, hindering exploration and rescue efforts. The origin of SCP-1730 is still unknown as is the nature of many of the anomalous entities contained within that previous information has been corrected to state it is confirmed that the second through 15th basement levels were utilized for entity containment though the state of that containment had deteriorated quite significantly while records indicate that these floors were utilized for containment of entities, it is uncertain how far down the facility actually extended. Formerly, it was believed that a contingent of human survivors existed somewhere deep in the lower basement levels of the facility. This was proven with the discovery of the Site-13 survivors. Currently, however, messages written in English were discovered throughout the site, consisting of warnings such as, Danger death here, and other messages such as, not my body, and bleed. A recurring message, what happened to Site 13, was found in several different locations in the basements. Several logs of data were collected by the remaining functional site terminals, the relevant data of which is contained in the addendums below. Worth noting is that inconsistencies exist between the logs and what has been determined through exploration, including site layout, staff makeup, and contained anomalies. Additionally, all logs are presented as they were in the original SCP-1730 documentation prior to the neutralization of the anomaly. Addendum 1730.1, a recovered log. Who would like to read the log? I can go. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to give some uh, some 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 uh, slight uh, my comments uh, thus far. Um, I'm assuming that Big Ben Ranch State Park is close by to, to Ram Ranch, um, because why not? Um, and I do like the setup for this one. I feel like I read this a long time ago. I don't know if I ever finished it, though, but I'm glad that we, we can... This is definitely a more here. famous one. Hmm. Yeah. 
Ram Ranch really rocks. It does. Really rocks. Team Charlie Yukon, assignment site 13, recovery, lead, Psy 1. Begin log. We found it. Watched a kill Daily earlier. Crawled right into his mouth. The next thing you know, Daily's got blood leaking out of his ears, puking it up, shitting it out everywhere. Blood looked funny, too. Too dark. It was running out of his hair, like through the follicles. His hair fell out right with it. Once it was over, that thing crawled inside him, crawled back out with a buddy. One of them, can't say which, drinks up all the blood like a leech. The other one crawls back inside Daily, and he stands up, turns around, and starts coming at us. I can see that thing inside him when he opens his mouth, so I put a bullet in his face, and then another. We emptied our magazines into him. He didn't get up after that. We're not going to, to be much longer, though. Found another one of those messages down here. You know, Cognito Hazard expunged. Just a matter of time before it starts. We strapped some C4 to it and blew the wall, and I think it's pretty illegible at this point, but it doesn't matter. Jones already went quiet like the others. We shoved him down an elevator shaft earlier. Didn't hit the body. Hit. Here the body hit the ground. Think I just heard them start up the thresher. Wish we would have known about that sooner. Oh, well. Addendum 1730.2. Recovered automated message. The following message was recovered from SCP-1730's emergency warning system. Logs on file indicate that it was transmitted moments prior to a major electrical disturbance and three minutes before an explosion within the side power relay. General notice. Site 13 has experienced a gross breach of containment systems. Cognito hazard expunged has breached containment during testing on-site nuclear device is non-responsive thresher protocol has been activated life support systems online electrical systems offline fire control offline flood control offline reactor critical Euclid class containment critical Keter class containment compromised addendum 1730.3 exploration log transcripts and here we have uh, what should be seven logs, except several of them are missing. Beginning with log one of an redacted date, Exploration Team Mobile Task Force D-12 Mudslingers. Subject is SCP-1730, with the team lead being D-12 Cap, members being D-12-1, Dash 2, Dash 3, Dash 4, and Dash 5. I will be Dash Cap. Michael can be D-1 and 2. Sergio can be D3 and 4. I will be 5. Begin log. <clears throat> Recorders on. Everybody, check your mics. Check. 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 And check makes 5. Right. Command. Here's clear. Roger that, team lead. All right. Keep weapons locked. No idea what we're going to see in there. Yep, we're set. Let's move in. Those doors. Team moves into main SCP-1730 structure through front doors. Doors are found to be unlocked. All right, keep your eyes open. Dark in here. Switching lights. Good call. Team switches on shoulder-mounted lights. So, uh, something's written on the wall over here. Yeah, here too. What you got? Get below and don't look at the walls next to it. A little way for that. What about you two? Uh, what did we do? Command, are you seeing that? Yes. All right. Let's move on out. Uh, service elevator is over there. Five. Check if it has power. 
This will work. Let's see how far it'll take us then. Team enters service elevator. Video indicates lit control panel with various floor buttons. D12 cap hits button labeled B3. And away we go. Elevator descends briefly. Stops upon reaching the third basement level. Door opens to reveal a dark hallway. A single light is on at a bend in the hall, roughly 50 meters from the elevator. Okay, let's clear this level first, then we can go from there. One and three, take that hallway there. Myself and four can check the rooms in the hallway, and two and five, stay here. Make sure our elevator sticks around. Team splits up. D1 and 3 move toward the light at the end of the hallway. Cap begins checking rooms on the left side of the hallway, while 4 checks the right side. Ugh, rooms are filthy. What is this? Yeah, I see it too. Is it mud? Feels like it. Some kind of sludge. Smells metallic. Pulls, Pulls test, test tube from, from belt. I'm dumb. I'll send this back up. Site command. Let you guys poke around in it. Acknowledged. Try and keep out of it as much as you can until we figure out what it is. Yeah, sure thing. We're at the end of the hallway. Another hallway here. Looks like there's some kind of barricade at the end. Bunch of tables and desks all piled up. Can you approach the barricade, one? D1 and 3. Approach the barricade. More sludge in this room. Caked on the walls. Found a body. Hang tight. One. Don't move. Four, I'm coming in. D12 Cap enters the room. A visible humanoid body is seen half-submerged in the thick black material in a corner. The head and neck are not visible. Yep. Any kind of identification? He's got a spot on his belt for a badge, but it's missing. Looks pulled off. Maybe to unlock a door somewhere? Maybe. Go ahead and proceed, one. Hi. Cap, more bodies here. The sludge is all over the the back of this barricade. Shit, did you see that? That one moved. Uh, there's something else in this pile. Get a light on it. Moving your way, boys. Uh, ah, there! Fuck! Report. Report. We're coming to you. Thing crawled out of one of their mouths. Some kind of snake, I think. A lot of teeth. Can't really tell what it is now. Look, here. You hit that body. See that? Fuck, it's hollow. D12 Cap and D12-4 arrive at the barricade. You seeing this, Command? Affirmative. All right. Watch for that then, I guess. Weapons hot if they aren't already. Aye, aye. Let's head back to the elevator. See if we can't get down to the next level. Is that door? And Yeah, thought so. Let's just do that then. Cap, one, three, and four move back down the hallway. Wait a second. Didn't this turn left earlier? Sure fuck it did. Where's the elevator? Two, five, you read me? Here we go. Shut it. All right. Shit. Command, do you read us? Sure do, Captain. You got a read on two and five. Mm, should be about 45 meters to your 12. There's a wall here. Looks like it's always been here. Either we're hallucinating or the building is doing something fucky. Either way, can you get a hold of either of them? One moment. 
Site Command attempts to communicate with 2 and 5, neither of whom are responsive. That's a no-go. Ah, shit! Let's find a weapon, get out of here then. D12 team proceeds down hallway. Notable, hallway is much longer than any on any recovered schematic of the site. Uh, got something else on this door. Yeah, what's that? It says, silence. Trying to check this? Is it a containment cell? That's just an office door. This whole floor looks like offices. Alright then, get in there. D1 attempts to open door. It's locked. I can't get it open. Knock the door down, then. You hear that? One. Two. Sounds like somebody's shushing. Three! D12-1 kicks the door down. Video records three frames of a naked human with what appears to be fire burning out of its ears, staring fearfully at the door. Four. There is an intense white light and the sound of searing meat. All camera lenses are damaged and become completely non-functional. All microphones, except for those on D12-3, stop working. What happened? Captain? D12 team, do you read? Site Command attempts to communicate with D12 Cap for an additional 30 seconds before realizing that D12-3's mic is still operating. D12-3, can you hear us? D12-3! D12-3? A cry, and the, the sound of choking. This continues for 43 seconds, and then the sound of liquid leaking, then pouring, accompanied by the sound of vomit. Large wet objects can be overheard hitting the floor. A dull, low, approaching sound accompanies this. Mike cuts out suddenly. D12-3? Shit. Oh, sh shit. Hey, Psy Command. Jesus Christ! What? D12-2, where are you right now? Uh, by the elevator. We assumed our radios had stopped working down here. We're just waiting for them to get back. The rest of the team is compromised. Hang on, we're trying to establish a link to your video. Uh, no need for that. It's probably just interference. Can you send a team down here to get us? Hang on, video coming up. Don't. Got it. You Mounted cameras on both individuals do not show the hallway they had been standing in, but what looks like a large utility room. Boilers are visible in the near distance, and a wall appears to have been caved in. D12-2 appears to be hanging upside down, facing D12-5, both of whom are stark white and unmoving. Their faces are covered in blood that looks to have originated from their mouth nostrils, and eyes. A large object is seen moving quickly behind Dash 2, accompanied by the sound of slithering from many different sources. Dash 5 opens his eyes. Two frames later, the video and audio feed cuts out. No additional responses are picked up from the D12 team. End log. I like where this is going. Yeah, I, this, I mean, I, I've said this before. Uh, series 2 literally bangers yep straight bangers i i, I, I mm -hmm. like actually having conversations to read through because i think they're really fun also j for yes. the record i hate making vomiting noises because i it's like it's like a struggle to just like not actually vomit 
Damn, like, like, I'm kind of nauseous vomit. right now from doing that. Ouch. Take, I'll a, be take fine, a chill though. from the vomit sounds. All right. Access file server. 1730 exploration log 3.log. Initial exploration video log transcript. Redacted date for, of exploration team mobile task force Y24. Actually, it's probably Gamma 24. Gulliver's Travelers. Subject is the SCP-1730. Team lead is Gamma-24 Cap. Members are Dash-1 and Dash-2 of Gamma-24. Nice. Uh, Michael B's 1. Sergio, you're gonna be 2. Gotcha. Notes. Initial exploration of the main site structure proved too dangerous for an additional attempt without additional resources. The only remaining mobile task force on hand was... MTF Gamma 24, a three-man team who was charged with entering the site power station and assessing the damage. Begin log. Site command. Coming online. Video and audio feed for all three members comes online simultaneously. Ahead of them is the entrance to the SCP-1730 power station. Uh, you can hear us? Affirmative. Good. Uh, anything else we should know? Thermal scans read one of the cores as being superheated. Might be on the verge of an explosion. Stay as far away from them as you can. You can use the micro-drones if you need to. Don't worry about trying to get them back. Right. Okay. Good. Let's get on. Gamma 24 team enters power station. First room appears to be a security station. There's our first problem. Doors are locked. These are pretty solid, too. Is that glass bulletproof? Check it. Guess that answers that. Uh, command, are we clear to use explosives in here? Negative. Structure is pretty weak all over. You'll risk caving yourself in. Well, shit. There's no other way in. Hang on. We have anybody on site with a level 4 clearance card. One that can override breach lockdowns. Dr. Edwards is with the team over at the containment bay. No, no. Uh, it would have to be someone older. Edwards has been around, like, what, ten years? Somebody who has had the clearance for a long time. Stand by. Director Jameson is currently on assignment at Site 65. Eh, it's three hours from here. We won't. No, you've got the right idea. Director Jameson on the phone, command. Ask him what his clearance code was and uh, when was Site 19 built, 1960? Stand by. Ten minutes pass. Extraneous logs removed. All right. You ready? Go ahead. Redacted. Well, I'll be damned. Hello, Researcher Jameson. Well, would you look at that? We'll send the director your regards. Please do. Good work, one. Let's get in here. Team enters Power Station Main Concourse. Can you see the damaged core? No? They, uh, all look fine. Let's switch to the thermal lens. There it is. Are we missing something? That core looks fine. We need to get closer to it, guys. Right. Releasing micro-drone, command. Gamma-24 Captain releases the micro-drone. Drone approaches power station cores and begins to circle them. Twelve cores are accounted for, seven of them damaged beyond repair. Three have not been brought up to power, and two are operating at full capacity. 
One of the two is the superheated core, which aside from its abnormal temperature, shows no other sign of damage. It looks fine. Can you get closer to that, Captain? Sure. Gamma 24 team approaches the superheated core. Temperature readings begin to rise as they grow closer. It's not enough, anyway. What's this shit? That's really thick. Is that sludge? Some kind of waste? Try and avoid that, team. Captain, can you get a vial of it on the micro drone and send it back out the way you came? Uh, yeah, hang on. Two, grab one of... Yeah, yep, you got it. Sample's on the way, command. Thanks. Be careful, guys. Try and get around to the other side of it. Uh, I'm over here. Nothing looks... Ah, fuck. Look. Oh, Jesus. Gamma 24-1 camera shows no fewer than ten human bodies bound to the side of the superheated core with wire. All of the bodies appear similarly to the bodies found by the D-12 team. Stark white, blood leaking from all orifices, non-responsive. Something written underneath them. Is that blood? Sergio, I swear to God, if you turn into <laughs> Southern Girl again... <laughs> what? I'm to shoot you! What are you talking about? Damn, girl, wasn't... you really released an SCP oh, nine, six. I, I, I swear I, to God. I detected, I detected you did not 5% man. Southern oh, Girl, Sergio. No. I'm oh, talking. Oh, my God. I'm just what saying. Are you you don't need that. That I wasn't. I was just doing the I'm, exercise I was doing I'm, before. I'm, I'm watching you, young man. <clears throat> Calm down. It, it says, what happened to Site 13? Uh, these lines don't run to the main structure. See here? They're running below us. Uh, any kind of identifier? Uh, let me see. Yeah, they're all labeled body bit. They run straight into the ground over there. Thank you for the Patrick Warburton voice, by the way, Michael. This is very immersive. I, <laughs> I would actually yeah, no really problem. Good to have Patrick Warburton be in an SCP video game. <laughs> Yo, holy shit, that man is literally walking and he's got long ass limbs. What the fuck is going on there? Oh, wow. Oh, God, I could feel every bone in my body breaking. This is amazing. Okay, <clears throat> Lois, that reminds me of the time we were preaching containment of the SCPs. <laughs> Looks like we're going down below then. Hey, Command, you copying all this? We do. Just received your samples back as well. Going to get a report on that just in a few minutes. All right. Good. Let's get down there. There's a stairwell over here. Gamma 24 team approaches stairwell and begins to descend. Lighting is absent in the stairwell, and all team members switch on their shoulder lights. These doors are all hard-coded, or hard-locked. Gamma 24 team descends to the bottom of the stairwell. The door there is open. Uh, this has been pried open. Looks like somebody was trying to get out, not in. Hmm, something else written on the wall here. Fuck SCP. Well, which one? <laughs> Just roll with it. Team Just enters roll. the doorway. You smell that? Fuck yeah. That's disgusting. What is it? Whatever's on the other side of this hall, I'd imagine. Watch the blown radiator here, guys. Team! 
take note that we are losing video feed. Something's interfering with our signal here. Roger that. We audio feed cuts out. Positioning system stays active for a few more moments as Site Command attempts to reconnect with the Gamma team. Intermittent communications are received for an additional 15 minutes. Some of these are human. That same. It's all over the inside. That black shit smells like... Something crawled out. Look. Do you hear We need to get... There's a light over there. Can you see it? Hello. Are you okay? You need help. We can... Audio cuts completely. Recovery efforts are halted. No communications are received from the Gamma 24 team for an additional 24 hours, after which the team is determined to be lost. The sample that was returned with the microdrone is revealed to be blood and power core residual runoff, mixed with some kind of additional biological matter. Study is still ongoing. After one week, Gamma 24-1's video feed becomes active again for 13 seconds. No audio is transmitted, and the video shows a group of humans standing around, looking down at a table. One of the humans turns to look at the camera, and the video cuts. No additional communications are received from the team at any point afterward. Ooh. These are getting better. This feels like, honestly, if we had production quality of any kind, of any level, I would want to turn this into, like, an actual video series. Because this feels like it could be, like, a video augmented reality horror thing. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, I would love to play through this in VR. Yeah, this would be really fun to see in VR. Hmm. I I don't know about that. I'm I'm not a huge fan of horror, so I will pass on the VR. I am all down, though, for an ARG purely for the story. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Initial exploration log video transcript from Log 6. This is Exploration Team Mobile Access Drone. Subject of the SCP-1730. While waiting for additional resources to arrive at SCP-1730, an unmanned ground-based drone was launched into the main site complex through the same door that the D-12 team had entered before. The planned goal of the mission was to investigate lower floors and attempt to recover information relating to the origins of the SCP. All right, one sec. I'm going to eat a muffin. While you're eating the muffin, I actually have a point I'd like... I'd like I'd like to make a point because you mentioned VR. You know what that does that at least to my knowledge doesn't exist for VR that I want. You know, like those like gun controllers that like the Wii had. VR needs like oh, a gun yeah. controller. Like I feel like for like those a- super accurate gun games, I would be a lot better if I actually had something to like hold oh, and like yeah. use. Yeah, give me a fucking Wii zapper. The problem with that is then you have to have your own controller for it entirely, and then that makes it. No, make make it like optional. More expensive. Mm-hmm. Like it, I mean, yeah. it, it could be like a hunk of plastic for all I care. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I would like that actually quite a bit. Like maybe, maybe yeah, honestly, you know, uh, something that would also be nice is just like, if possible, find a way to like replicate holding something like a little bit better. Like I know the index. Is it the the uh, yeah the index controllers yeah. allow you to like do individual finger grips? So hmm. you know, yeah. future is looking bright. <clears throat> and now, begin log. 
Drone approaches main office building and enters through front door. A moment is spent observing the writing on the walls in the interior lobby before moving across to the service elevator. Drone enters elevator and turns to floor selection. There are selections for five floors above the ground level and 15 below. Drone moves to select B15 level. Elevator begins to descend. After seven floors, the elevator suddenly stops. After a few moments of time, it is determined this is due to an intermittent power failure. The drone uses suitable utility to open the forward-facing elevator door. The open elevator shaft is visible, and the drone is unable to determine the depth of the shaft. Using its winch, the drone descends below the stopped elevator to the first available floor. After prying open the door, the drone swings into the opening and retracts the winch. A sign on the wall just inside the doorway indicates that this is the 8th basement level, and that it is a Euclid-class containment wing. Lights on this floor remain dark. The drone is instructed to move down the main hallway and look for a suitable area to descend to the next floor. Drone moves towards a side hallway, and is instructed to explore down it. It is noted that a number of messages are written on the walls, including don't look at the walls, and kill the quiet ones. After inspecting a number of rooms and finding them to only be empty offices, the drone returns to the main hallway. Drone ceases movement upon seeing a large, vaguely humanoid entity standing near the end of the hallway. See Exploration File Drone 139.jpg. Oh, that is fucked. That's some nice production value here. Oh, man. They've got a nice picture here on the right of a night vision camera down a hallway. And there is indeed some kind of vaguely humanoid entity down there, and I am spooked. Entity enters a main maintenance closet near the end of the initial hallway. Drone observes as Entity extends a long arm from beneath its outer layer and touches the floor. Upon further observation, the Entity is noted to have picked up some of the thick, dark material previously identified as blood and power station runoff with what is identified as its primary finger appendage. Entity then begins to make slow movements towards the wall behind it. This is obscured from the drone's view. The entity ceases movement and then slowly turns to leave the room. The drone is instructed to move towards the wall and take note of any changes. It is noted that the entity left behind a number of unique symbols, such as Cognito Hazard expunged. The drone takes several flash photographs of these symbols and transmits them back to site command. Drone is then instructed to continue to follow the large entity. However, the entity has disappeared from the hallway. It is noted that the entity left no apparent footprints, even in the thick material covering parts of the floor. Drone is instructed to continue on regardless. In the picture on the right, a small amount of static is covering up what seems to have once been a cognito hazard. Drone reaches what appears to be a series of several containment cells. The first cell is open. A placard on the side of the doorway reads Entity 324, scheduled for termination on 12-13-1975. The drone enters the doorway and observes a spacious containment cell. Thick rubber padding is all along the walls. The drone notices a human form in the corner of the room, covered in the thick, dark sludge. As the drone approaches the form, small sparks fire from its fingertips toward the drone. The drone takes several photographs and then leaves. The next three cells are all empty with no placards. The fourth cell is closed, and its placard is smashed. Drone is instructed to attempt to open the door with its cutting torch. After a few moments, it is able to do so. The drone then enters the room. 
In the corner of the room is the emaciated body of a human female roughly aged 34 years. The body shows no signs of life. A chain is seen around the neck, descending into the shirt. Notable is the lack of sludge within this cell, possibly as a result of the inhabitant closing the door and locking it from the interior. The drone reaches the corpse for an identification badge and finds one. The name reads, Jack Bright. Drone is then instructed to search the neck chain, but the chain is discovered to be broken. The drone then leaves the room. The drone Yo, our boy was short- in here? Our boy was in here. The drone traverses a short way until it finds a stairwell. The drone descends to the next floor, and a sign by the doorway reads, Fifth Floor. The drone turns to view the stairwell it had previously descended from, but finds it non-existent. After some short discussion at side command, the drone is instructed to enter the doorway. I would like to remind everybody, we were just on the eighth floor. Now we are on the fifth floor. The drone enters into a large, spacious office floor, lit by sunlight. Several terminals are nearby, though all of them have been destroyed. The drone approaches the least damaged terminal and attempts to power it on. The terminal does not power on, though whether this is due to a power outage or damage to the machine is unknown. The drone maneuvers across the room. Papers litter the floor, and many look to have been burned or shredded. The drone reaches a terminal labeled M. Hadley, which appears mostly undamaged and attempts to power it on. The terminal does power on, and the drone then attempts to connect with the computer. The computer is running the same foundation-based system as the current model, albeit a number of generations older. The drone is instructed to transmit every file it is capable of accessing to site command. The drone begins to do so. Note, at this point in the operation, site command lost contact with the drone. Several members of the operation team suddenly showed symptoms of some kind of anomalous influence growing silent and beginning to burn from their ears. After the onset of symptoms, any sound would trigger what appeared to be a silent explosion that shook site command and destroyed most of its communicative equipment. It was later discovered that the only individuals influenced by this were those who had viewed the symbols created by the large entity in the basement storage closet. Further examination by Foundation Cognito Hazard Specialists and Screening Technology ascertained that the symbols themselves were a sort of pyroclastic cognito hazard. Any individual becoming aware of the symbols would inevitably succumb to the effects of the hazard, making any additional exploration of the site hazardous. The drone was left unattended for several days thereafter, though it did complete its task of transmitting the terminal contents. The contents of the search can be accessed in Addendum 1730.5. Attempts to reconnect with the drone were unsuccessful, and drone surveillance of the site from outside of the building showed that all of the floors above ground level in the primary structure were entirely empty. The drone was never located. This is a beefy SCP. Gosh damn, we're not even halfway done. I uh I, I like the, the inclusion I like the inclusion of Jack Bright because it implies another SCP without having to hyperlink. Like it's just like like it's just there. Yes. Yes, I do like that. And if you don't know who Jack Bright is, then it's fine too. It's it's just part of the, the SCP stuff. And for those of the audience who would like to know who Jack Bright is, uh in summary, it is an SCP uh foundation personnel member who himself is trapped inside or his soul is like in an amulet or something. Whatever touches the amulet then becomes Jack Bright. Like his consciousness transfers to that other entity. Yes, and you can uh, read a very, you can listen to a very good uh, SCP involving Jack Bright in an episode we did with SD Locke, who the uh, um, the name of which is uh, the, of the episode is escaping me, but you can obviously find it on our page. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this next log, I'm actually going to let Sergio and Michael read together. Uh, you can split it up how you want. Whoever's narrating, being site command, I'm going to go grab a snack because I feel my stomach collapsing. All right, Serge, let's do right. this thing. So we got, you know what? Here, let's make it nice and easy. I'll take three, four. I'll take three, four, and soup. Yeah, and I'll take cap um, one and two. All right, <clears throat> exploration team, mobile task force Z nine mole rats. Subject SCP-1730, uh, we already read out the team members. Notes, due to high casualties sustained by previous exploration attempts, it was decided that a team experienced an exploration of anomalous structures would be called in to continue operations at 1730. To that end, Mole Rats was assigned to 1730. The team consisted of five explorative members and one support member who would stay at site command and monitor fluctuations in local reality. Begin log. <clears throat> We're online. Let us know when you got a link support. Coming up now, I'm loading your displays in what should be a pretty accurate map of what you should see in there. But, uh, don't bet on it, right? Like always, it's fully possible that there is a type green in there, alongside the other nasties. Alright, command. What's the worst of it? Do you want me to <clears throat> just take command? Uh, I can get it. Okay. There is at least one cognito-hazardous entity writing hazards on the walls. Your display should be able to filter out any and all messages written on the walls so we don't take any chances. As for the rest, it's a containment site. Awesome. There you have it, guys. Load up. Let's get in there. Yes, ma'am. I'm a very deep-voiced woman. <laughs> <laughs> Z9 team enters the main structure, but search the upper floors first. As observed by the flying drones, the floors are empty. There's no sign of previous of the previous exploration zone. We're clean here. How are we looking, support? Holding steady, Captain. Nothing out of the ordinary. Tell Four that he needs to adjust his channel frequency. I'm having trouble connecting to that module. We'll do, Four. Check your frequency. You're falling out. Team descends to main level. After ascertaining the functionality of their hazard blocking displays, the team moves to a descending stairwell instead of a service elevator. Going down now. Starting to see some of that sludge. Any idea where it comes from? Parts of the mixture is power station runoff, but it's mostly blood and some other biological residue, like pus. As for where it comes from, your guess is as good as ours. Guess is what we're here to find out. That's the one. Ugh, this stuff doesn't stink like you'd think it would. Just smells like pennies. Tighten up. We're going into the dark. Team descends several levels until they reach the sixth basement level, marked as a Euclid containment wing. Z9 cap motions to enter the floor. Lots of bodies in here, Cap. I see them. Not all human, aren't they? Nope. They got that look to them, though, from the briefing. Blood on their faces. Stay alert, guys. Copy that. Let's keep moving. Team moves forward a short time, investigating the mostly empty floor. Suddenly, a rumbling is heard. All team members stop and wait for the noise to end. There is a crash, and Z94 shouts. <laughs> what, was so what was that? Came from below you. Notice any structural damage? Sure fucking did. Floor collapsed under Randall. He's down below us. I can see him. Blade Randall, do you weed me? Yeah, Cap, I'm alright. But my... Uh... Like's pretty fucked up. 
I don't know if I can get up. All right, stay there. We're going to get down to you. Three, you stay here with Randall. One, two, move with me. Let's find a stairwell down. Captain, something fluctuating below you. You copy? Z9 Cap does not respond. Site Command also attempts to communicate with Z9 team and fails to do so. Communications continue to be transmitted from the team. Where are they now? Where are... Oh, wait, that's that's Randall. Where are they? Should be on their way. Anyway, you can get down here. Not without breaking my legs. You sure? I think I can hear something down here. I can't hear anything. It's probably just the pipes. Which links to transcript epsilon 12... Uh, 1555, which is from SCP-1555. I believe that's the big massive pipes SCP. Hmm. From Z94's perspective, the floor is shrouded in darkness beyond four meters. The only illumination is coming from the floor above. No, it's definitely something. It's... Fuck, Brett, it's slithering. There's something down here. Hang on, mate. Cap, you read me? Cap, one, two. Anybody? God damn it. Brett, shit, it's here. I can hear it. Get the fuck away from me, you slimy asshole. I said get the fuck back. Don't shoot anything, Randall. You'll... Z94 Four... cries out. I got it. Go ahead. Z93 cameras observes what appears to be a black leech-like creature, approximately the length and width of an adult human arm moving slowly towards Z94. Z94 continues to fire wildly, causing Z93 to run behind the opening in the floor for cover. Suddenly, the gunfire stops, and Z93 looks back over the edge. Randall, Jesus fuck, I... The creature has now entered Z94's open mouth, is moving slowly down his throat. Z94's mic picks up the muffled cries and a low grinding noise, like chewing. Z93 aims his weapon at the creature and fires, missing when Z94 twitches. Z93 fires again, striking him in the arm. Oh, Fuck, oh, fuck, oh, Captain, permission to fire on Randall. God damn it, Captain, permission to fire on four. Fuck, fuck, Randall, I'm... Please. Z93 raises weapon and fires at Z94. There is another rumble, <clears throat> and the ground beneath the Z93 gives way. Z93 falls onto the concrete below and is crushed by additional falling debris. Z93's camera and microphone disconnect. Z94's microphone continues to pick up Z94, choking and vomiting for an additional five minutes, and after which Z94 grows silent. Another leech creature emerges from his mouth and disappears. Z94 stands and picks up Z93's weapon. Z94's camera disconnects. At this point, Z9 team was in full disconnect. Two members were assumed KIA, while the other three were not accounted for. After three hours of non-communication, Site Command con contacted Overwatch Command to <gasps> request a full... <laughs> Overwatch? Full stop to all explorative efforts into 1730. While waiting for response, Z91's microphone came back online. You didn't look, did you? Yeah, and me neither, Cap. It was over there, against the wall. Is it not there anymore? I can get it open. We need fucking bullets. I think they're gone. Yeah, but I don't want to wait around for lower. What floor are we on right now, anyway? I thought there was only supposed to be 15. Fuck. All right. 
Z94's camera suddenly comes online, showing a massive room, dimly lit by many small flames. Further observation of the footage shows the small flame all originate from the ears of many humanoids, standing quietly around the walls. In the center pit is a large creature that appears to be covered in smaller creatures. It is barely distinguishable from the low lighting. Several large pipes over the creature have been cut and are draining onto the center of the room. The camera cuts out. What happened to Site-13? This is like the fifth time. I don't fucking know how I'm right. Wait. Yeah, I do too. It's coming from over there. This shit is everywhere. Fuck, look. Open that door. Ah, shh. No, I... Shh, stay quiet. We need to get back upstairs. Hey, who's that? Z91's mic disconnects. <clears throat> With the entire team once again unresponsive, Site Command ordered a emergency termination of all explorative efforts in 1730 while waiting for confirmation from the O5 Council. Four hours passed with no response before Z9 Cap's camera begins transmitting. Microphone comes online shortly afterwards. Z9 Cap is standing in a very tall room, looking at some kind of large and intricate machine. She approaches the machines very slowly before settling over some kind of input console with a black backlit screen. Z9 Cap wipes the dust off a label just above the screen. The word Thresher is clearly visible. Z9 Cap's hands hover over the keyboard at the console. Another distant sound can be heard over the microphone, later identified as footsteps. Cap turns quickly to face the darkness behind her. As she turns, her shoulder-mounted light strikes something on the machine behind her and goes out. The footstep grows closer. Z9 Cap begins to breathe heavily and starts running through the dark. She trips and falls. The noise begins to close in. No, fuck you. Get. Z9 Cap's camera disconnects. No additional transmissions are received from the Z9 team. Good job, boys. That was fucked. Quite so. I'm really, really enjoying this. I am too. The progression, I think, from one addendum to the next is what really makes it a, a great and interesting SCP. Now, I think we should read the, um, the Thresher file here. And then consider stopping for a little while or maybe maybe just reading a couple more logs because this the, oh my god i for, i completely forgot how big of an scp this was this is a chonker it's good though it's not in it's yeah, not bloated I, it's dense yeah like yeah, we, the, the difference here between this one and uh wrath was i think that i think i realized that like my issue with wrath was that it was kind of like the more interesting part about wrath was like the soldier's experience, like the whole part with lady death and how she, and like her experience with wrath rather than like the observations of what's going on. Whereas this one, we are actually getting the observations like this. Um, this is definitely something that reminds me of that. The, uh, the one that Dr. Locke wrote the, the slender man sort of take that they did. Yeah. And that one was really good. And that also had the explorative elements to it. And I think that, like, that's something that's really, really helpful for something as big as this. Like, this is a whole ass found, like, structure. You need to take your time and really flesh it out. So, mm-hmm. but I, I like the mystery that's going on here. There's a, there, it feels like there's a lot of other, like, uh, like, compared to, like, Wrath, where it's like there's so many plates spinning that once one plate spins, it's like, okay, well, there, you know, how do we get the rest of them? This one is more like there's one plate spinning, which is the foundation. There's another plate, which is like all the weird entities and shit in there. And like they are still keeping your interest. It's like they're doing it's it's like they're doing the spinning plates trick thing. 
and they're able to somehow also play the piano. Mm -hmm. I think the other big thing is the SCP-1730. What I really like about this is it perfectly inhabits the fact that you don't fucking understand what an SCP is at the start. You have to really try and hard to study some of them before you can even begin to understand what's going on. And this one being so dangerous and so big, it only makes sense that you'd have to send in like five different teams to even begin to get an idea of what you're dealing with. But it's progressive. It's not like they're getting nothing each time. Each one has a purpose that the SCP Foundation uses. Also, it's a very um, ironic timing that we got to uh, switch site commands over to you, Michael, for that last reading. Because site command fucking died in the last one. Which also was fun. That's breaking the trend. Site command. You're not even safe in site command. Oh, yeah. Which I think is really interesting. People don't really talk about that much with cognito hazards. It's really emphasizes the danger of a cognito hazard when somebody who's not even there but should be affected by it is affected by it anyways let's go ahead and read a couple more of these and then we'll we'll take a little yeah what's up does uh i was gonna say is the p is is the pp pooper man the bye-bye man a cognito hazard (laughs) but no it's a it's a memetic hazard I guess that also applies to things like candy man as well the the pp poopoo man is a cognito hazard he really is. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> this is written by an engineer, so I have to read it. I'm sorry. It's written by God in my DNA of the soul. <clears throat> the image here shown is a sheet of graphing paper with numbers on the left. The units are gigawatts, and the scale is from zero all the way up to 55. At the x-axis, we have dates going one two three four five six seven eight all the way up to about is that dates i can't yeah yeah it's it's it's, uh it's it's, it's, it's it's dated there at the bottom okay oh that might be oh that might be month yeah yeah yeah, it's it's months it goes for a year with and then ends in january it's from 70 year 75 to 76 i see Mm mm-hmm so it shows the uh, the sheet of paper. There's nothing for the first few months. Then, right at July, you have a curve that shoots up a straight line over the course of four weeks, it looks like. You begin from reactor phase going up to control phase, and it gains 25 gigawatts. Then it uh, levels out for about a month. Then it begins to exponentially grow over the next few months until it plateaus at December whereupon it has reached 55 gigawatts and it says reactor failure key of note of keynote is around November. It transitions from a solid line to a dashed line. So it seems like uh, this was made in November. Dr. Hadley, as you can see, the power output to the thresher device has been adjusted to your specifications at your command. The reactors will surge to the full 55 gigawatts required to activate the device. Like I mentioned in our previous correspondence, the reactors will likely not survive this kind of power surge. The core dedicated to the body pit might, given its reinforced construction, but there will likely be significant damage to all the rest. Additionally, and you'll forgive me for speaking out of place since I'm not assigned to the Thresher device, but the device is still wildly unstable. The tests have been encouraging on smaller subjects, and it might someday be an applicable piece of technology, but at this moment, 
It is only considered a measure for very final attempts. Utilization of the device could make local reality unstable here, as well as wherever the device ends up. In other words, I hope you know what you're doing. Best of luck, Engineer242. And here we have a variety of collected data logs, going from COM log 1 to test log, COM 1, termination log 1, unknown log 3, and 12, as well as Hadley's letter. All right. Do we want to read maybe a few more of these and then we'll call it? Yeah, we can do that. All right. <clears throat> yeah, sounds good. Who would like to be Peter Grenwald? I can be Give Peter. Give it to me. Uh, Michael, you can take it then. Thank you. Dear Dr. Adley, 340. We have received your communication and thank you for taking the time to contact us. We have considered your request, but at this time, we cannot approve any transfers. If you are at Site 13, you are there because of your superb level of professionalism and aptitude in your profession, and we cannot afford to have you anywhere else. You may speak to your site pharmacist about an amnestic regimen if you'd like, but we will not allow you to transfer from Site 13. As for your concerns about Director Emerson's mortuary protocol, we understand your complaints. However, you must understand that anomalies, especially those classified as humanoid, are not human beings. Human beings fall into a very specific category of non-anomalous life forms. Humanoid anomalies may appear to be human, but are simply humanoid. As such, they are, not entitled, they are not entitled to the rights and privileges afforded to human beings by the ethics committee. Our job as researchers is to identify where anomalies come from and then to identify how best to utilize those anomalies for the benefit of mankind. We are protectors, and we cannot protect unless we know everything there is to know about the threat at hand. Once we have learned what we can learn, we neutralize the threat. If you have any other questions, please do not hesitate to contact our offices. Sincerely, Peter Grinwald, SCP Foundation Ethics Committee Chair, Global Occult Coalition Ethics Board Head. And next we have a test log for Entity 3421. Administrator is Dr. 1343. Test purpose to identify Class 8 Entity's ability to bend reality while exposed to dangerous conditions and to Scranton Molius inhibitor device. Use of SCP redacted to animate or reanimate entity between tests. Test 1. Exposure to minus 35 degrees Celsius. Result. Entity loses energy, becomes less hostile. Extended exposure results in low external temperature and decay of skin layer. Entity expires after one hour of sustained exposure. Test 2. Exposure to temperatures of 150 degrees Celsius or over 312 degrees Fahrenheit. Result. Entity quickly succumbs to heat stroke. Body shows signs of burning across all surfaces. Organ damage as a result of extreme temperature. Entity unable to change reality to save itself. Test 5. Submerged in water. Result. Data not found. Notes. Water seems to interfere with Scranton Molius device. 
Test 13. Exposure to electricity. The result was the entity was unable to save itself. Body no longer salvageable. Entity moved to body pit for incineration. Com file 1. Engineer 242 is the recipient, while Engineer 129, 129 is the sender. Subject, control of hazardous toxins in reactor core. Sergio, you are an engineer in some capacity. Uh, so here, control of hazardous toxins in reactor core. We're having some trouble controlling the waste back up in the pit. The runoff is supposed to be piped off-site, but it keeps getting sucked back up into the air intake into the reactor. This stuff is seriously toxic. I don't want to send any of my guys in there to clean it up. Either we shut the reactor long enough to go down there and clean it up by hand, or we're going to have a pretty serious issue here in a while. For once, there are engineers, and the engineers know that shit's about to go wrong. The next is Termination Log 1. Data not found. Summary of events. Entity showed unwillingness to submit to further testing, and as such was swiftly terminated by way of electrocution. Entity moved to body pit for incineration. Noting here that additional orders have come in from Director Emerson requesting a full-scale termination of the entire humanoid wing. Those will be processed at your convenience, and we can begin to simply empty out those floors. Sincerely, Dr. 790. Next, we have Termination File 3. Cognito Hazard Expunged has shown some tenacity, but will soon break under the mental pressure applied to it by the orators. This is not uncommon. Many entities arrive for their initial inspection will result in exposure to treatment in some way, but it cannot be sustained for the duration of their time here. Entity does have a particularly interesting effect on Cognito Hazard Expunged, which leads me to believe that we could repurpose that aspect of the entity by removing the face, neck, upper chest area, and arms, applying it to a Mark 12, using the Cognito Hazard Expunged. I will send this notice to Dr. 874 post-haste and move forward with this project. Sincerely, Dr. 720. To Dr. Hadley from Engineer 242. I took your blood boy leech down to the pit today. Made sure it alters termination record accordingly. And made sure that output is still blocked up. I don't know what you've got planned for him, but that pit's pretty noxious now. It is not going to be good. <sighs> Director Emerson. Before we get started, let me say that the number thing was always bullshit. If you want to properly dehumanize your researchers, you put them in cubicles. The numbers were a joke from the beginning. If you're reading this and you're left with a decision, what do you think was going to happen throwing the bodies of anomalies into that pit? You think that their being alive made them anomalous? Hell, being alive is the least anomalous part of our humanity. I thought you might have seen that. Well, things have changed. The containment breach was my fault. I won't lie to you. In my research, I had the pleasure of analyzing a young boy. His name was Elijah. He subsisted only on blood, and he he could siphon it through others with his mouth right through their skin like a leech he had no mental capacity beyond two years and yet he deserved the same chance to live as the rest of us he did not choose to be the way he was then you decide to have him burn like the rest of them so i modified his record the fires of your pit won't have incinerated him just agitated him and that sludge that's been building up i'm glad you cared to get it cleaned up i'm sure you're glad too it's pretty awful down there anyway your decision the containment breach was inevitable and whether it was something that crawled out of the pit that did it, or my hand on a button makes no difference. You have a choice to make. Either stay your course and certainly be devoured by the creatures you have been torturing for the last 15 years, or activate the Thresher device and hope it dumps you out in a more hospitable reality than your own. 
Either way, our world will be rid of you and your filth, and we'll be better for it. This is your death camp, Elliot. You've made your bed, now you get to die in it. Sincerely, Hadley. P.S. Amazing how much shit can change in a few years, isn't it? All because you were chasing a promotion. Incredible. I hope it was worth it. Oh, yeah, and if you decide you want to talk this out, I'll be down in the basement with Elijah. I've got a nice warm spot for him to get set up when he arrives. You've made sure there will be plenty of blood.